Welcome to Chalk and Truth, the podcast that brings together conservative pastor Brian Clark and famous comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. That's right. And if you're not listening to this show, you're a dadgum communist. And that's a fact. You can look it up. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life. That's right. And, and we'll even maybe take you on a virtual Bigfoot hunt. Now let's join Brian for today's look at God's Word, followed by conversation and a little fun with Brian, Dan, and today's guest, Pastor Nat Crawford. I hope this ain't going to be a disaster. Oh boy, here we go. Now, here's Brian. Yes, it's important to have the courage to take our steps of faith. But sometimes we make poor choices and we make a real mess of things. In those moments, it's also important to have someone around us that has the faith and courage needed to come to our rescue. Lot made some selfish choices, and now he's in real trouble. Thankfully, Uncle Abraham is willing to trust God and come to his rescue. Here's how the story goes in Genesis 14. There were four kings in the northern area of Mesopotamia who formed a coalition for protection. To the south, Down in the Dead Sea Valley, there were five kings who banded together, including the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. For 12 years, the kings in the south paid a tax to the kings in the north. But on the 13th year, they refused to pay. The kings of the north didn't like this, so they rallied their armies and went down and devastated the five kings in the cities in the south. Archaeologists today tell us they can still find remains from the devastation of those battles. The kings from the north plundered the cities of the south, rounded up the people as prisoners of war, and they headed home. Among the prisoners of war was Abraham's nephew Lot. He had moved into the city of Sodom, thinking he would find his happiness there. Instead, what he found was heartache. Now he was in serious trouble. Meanwhile, Abraham, who had taken the less-than-ideal land, was trusting God and was flourishing. Abraham was experiencing the life that Lot longed for. Soon Abraham received word that his nephew Lot had been captured. He could have thrown up his hands and let Lot suffer the consequences of his own bad choices. But Abraham wasn't like that. He was a man of faith and courage and was determined to rescue his nephew. So Abraham rallied his small army, which totaled around 300 soldiers, really no match for the much larger army of the kings in the north. But Abraham had faith. He believed God would give him what he needed to save Lot. So he moved out, trusting God to give him the victory. He headed north about 120 miles to intersect the northern kings en route home. The northern kings saw no real dangers around them, So they set up camp for the night with no defensive measures in place. As a result, Abraham and his army divided into two groups and attacked from two directions and defeated the kings of the north. He rescued the people, including his nephew Lot. Abraham trusted God, and God gave Abraham a great victory. Immediately after the victory, Abraham encountered two kings. These two kings represent the rewards and the risks that come from taking big steps of faith. One wanted to praise Abraham, and one wanted to praise Abraham's God. This was an important moment for Abraham. Would he take credit for what God had done? 
You see, when we trust God and he gives us a great victory, there's a chance for both great reward and great risk. The reward is that people notice God is glorified and people turn their attention towards him. When we trust God by faith and step into the battle, God has the chance to reveal himself. How will the people around us see the greatness of our God if we lack the courage to trust him and take big steps of faith? Ask yourself, do people around you see a great and powerful God through you? Often people have no interest in God because we make God seem so weak and powerless. Who wants a God like that? That's why God calls us to trust him and take steps of faith. The reward is that, as a result, some people will turn to God. But the risk is that people may give you the credit for the victory rather than God. You really can't control that. But you can determine what you're going to do in that moment. Abraham could have taken credit for the great victory. It was a chance to make a name for himself. But he didn't do that. He kept pointing back to God as the source of his victory. He knew the truth. When we take credit for what God has done, we cease to be useful to God anymore. How many Christian leaders and ministries started off wanting to obey God and to do his work only to lose their way because they fell in love with the applause and started taking credit for what God was doing? There's no question God wants to use you to do great things for him, if you'll trust him. But for God to use you and keep using you, you must understand both the rewards and risks of faith and keep pointing people back to God. This can be complicated stuff. Let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this. Guys, I know from experience how easy it is to take credit for what God is doing. How do we avoid this and keep pointing people back to Jesus? Look, I've been blessed with many things, and I always try to give God the credit for everything. I mean, sometimes you sometimes you don't, but you don't even think about it, you know. But for the most part, when I start talking about my career and my life, I mean, I give God credit for everything, especially now, as we talked in an earlier episode, when I look back at my life and there's all these things that could have happened to me that didn't happen to me because God was protecting me for later on. I mean, so I give him credit for everything. I mean, he can take it away from me tomorrow. So I totally understand where everything comes from. I'd like to say this. In the beginning, when you first started, you said it's important that we have the courage to take our steps of faith, but we make poor choices and make a mess in those moments. It's important to have somebody around us that has the faith and courage needed, which I think is crazy because I my devotion this morning actually was Proverbs thirteen twenty walk with the wise and become mm-hmm. wise, associate with fools, and get into trouble. And uh, some people say that you are what you eat, and uh, I also think you are who you hang out with. And friends are powerful, so I think I just wanted to say this. Make sure that you get around a good group of people. If you're struggling with faith, a lot of people struggle in their faith because they don't have anybody they can talk to. They don't have any other people that believe like they believe. They they haven't gotten a small group of friends that 
so it's very important to have i always have i have some great friends and i keep a good uh, that i've known forever and they're all believers and they're just like me and they they fall down they get up and you know but they stay close to god and they're doing the best they can you got to stay around other people of faith that can help you when you fall and understand what's going on. So I think that was really important in the beginning when you said that because a lot of people, man, they, they try to do do the right thing. They try to listen to God, but they literally have no friends that are believers. And it's very hard mm. to continue a walk in faith because when you fall down, there's nobody there to help you. There's nobody there that has the faith that can go, listen, here's what God says. Here's So you need to have, you need to surround yourself with some good, faithful Christian friends. Yeah, I don't know if I first could have said all. it any better. You know, I, I think you're exactly right. First and foremost, for us to walk in faith um, and to remember that we don't get the credit, we, we have to go back to the Bible. Because we know that the Bible tells us that every good blessing and gift comes from God. Everything. It's all grace. If we really believe it and we really can come back to God's word and and focus on that truth, we'll recognize we deserve very little credit. It's when we start walking in our own flesh that we tend to get into trouble, and that's when we start believing our own press and thinking it's all about us. So we have to go back to the Bible. And then the second part, I man, you were so right on, Dan. It, you have to have a group of people around you who are going to encourage you hold you accountable, and sometimes what I like to call, you get to borrow their faith. There are moments when it's hard. You don't want to keep going. You want to give up. You want to do life on your own terms. You think it's all about you. And when you have a real group of friends, friends will speak truth into you. They'll hold you accountable. When they, when you start getting out of line, they're going to say, knock it off. That's not true. That's real friendship. Uh, Jim Rohn, he wrote this concept of, of the average of five. You become the composite of the five people that you are closest to. So who do you want to become? Do you want to become like them? Or do you want to become more like God? And are you going to surround yourself with godly counsel, much of what you're talking about now? So I think that's really what it comes down to for that daily, faithful walking with Christ. It's keeping close to his word, which tells us exactly who gets the credit, and then keeping the right group of people around you to help you in the journey. I think there's there's one of these weird dynamics in ministry, and I'm sure it's all the more so in entertainment, and that is if you're successful, let's just take ministry. So you trust God, and with a sincere heart, you, you seek to be faithful, and God does something. Mm-hmm. That's where there's the temptation to think, mm-hmm. oh, God and I just did something. Mm-hmm. And then little by little, you start to lose perspective. And so trying to find practical ways to stay grounded. Hmm. So, Dan, you're a, you're a great example of this because you're very successful in what you've done. And I think everybody knows that. But knowing you off the podcast, you're very grounded. You're not full of yourself. You're a normal guy. I mean right. that in the best sense of the word. <laughs> so what are the things you've done? I mean, it's easy to sit behind a microphone and make all these claims, but you really have worked hard to be grounded. So what are some of the things you've done that helps you with that? Well, I I just never got caught up in all the, you know, I, I've had the same friends that I've had. Like I said, you know, I've always, I was backslidden at a time there, but I've always had a small group of 
friends that were Christians that believed in Jesus. And I've had them ever since for years and years. Um, they've always kept me grounded. I've always, they've been my friends. I never really picked up entertainment friends. They were acquaintances, but all my good friends, people that I confide in and talk to, I've had forever and I've never changed them. And they're good. They're good people. They're, some of them were like me. Some of them grew up in the church, got backslid, got back in the church. Some of them have been faithful, have always been faithful and doing their best. Um, so I've always had a good little notch of friends. That's why I always say, when I said that earlier, friends are really important in your faith walk that can help you learn. I've always had those friends that I could confide in and talk to. And some of them would even say, hey, you're going, starting to go down the wrong road, dude. You know, I mean, I get it. I get that you're getting sick up, but you got to remember, man. So I think that's what's always kind of kept me, that's kept me grounded. So I've always had a connection to reality. I've had a connection to things that were n normal with me before the big stardom stuff hit. I always had that connection. So yeah, that's, 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 that's what really kept me practical. grounded. Yeah. You know, one of the things I think that's helped for me is like my hobbies. Right. You know, I, I have a wife that she loves me with all her heart, but she's not impressed by me. <laughs> that, you, know, you know what? Go, the same go with home, me. take the garbage out. Neither are we. That's what we have in common. <laughs> yes, I do know that. Absolutely. But I also think, you know, Teddy Roosevelt once said, fishing is the great equalizer because before fish, all men are created equal. Uh, right. It's like the fish doesn't care if you're a comedian or a preacher <laughs> or an atheist. Right. I think the same thing with my horse. It's like my horse doesn't – I'm at church and everybody fusses over me. Right. I go home, my horse doesn't care. Right. You know, I, I'm just some cowboy that's sitting on his back. But I think keeping rooted in some of that stuff mm. helps keep me grounded. Absolutely. Mm. But yeah, yeah, you're right. My, my wife could care less. My wife, you know, I always tell a story about going out to do the Tonight Show. I'd been on the thing like 27 times, you know, so now it's kind of like, so I'm going to do the Tonight Show. I'm really excited. And I get up early in the morning to go fly to the, and my wife, the first thing she says, this isn't good luck. Okay, have fun. Uh, don't forget to take the trash cans out to the end of the road. <laughs> and so I took the mm -hmm. trash cans out to the end of the road. I flew out to Los Angeles. You know, I had these meetings for stuff and went to the Tonight Show. I mean, it was fun. I fly back home that night. I get home early, uh, really late at night. I think I walked in the door at like 5.30 in the morning, oh, right, from LA to Florida. So like 5.30 in the morning, I walk in the door. And my wife, instead, like, you're thinking, hey, that was a good show. Right. My wife, oh, hi, honey. Did you get those trash cans back off the ground? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's like totally non-oppressive. And I loved it. I love that, that I can have a completely normal life that keeps me grounded like that. Same with you. Your wife could care less what you're preaching tomorrow. No, she's know? not real impressed by Absolutely. By yeah, but she loves me. Yeah? Yeah. And I know my wife loves me, too, because uh, I looked like this when she married me. <laughs> so there's always a cool thing about marrying guys like me. There's not a lot of drop-off as the years go by, you know. It's like buying a Prius. Sure, it's a Prius, but it's not going to get any worse. I remember uh, before Patty and I were married, it was like a week before our wedding. 
We were in a softball tournament, and I think I think I was up four times and three times hit the ball over the fence. Mm. So afterward, I couldn't wait for her to be impressed and tell me how great I was. And I kept waiting and waiting. Well, it never came. So I said, you know, hey, did you happen to notice? She's like, yeah. no, yeah. no, I was talking to some people. I didn't, didn't even care. <laughs> it's like, okay, well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, well, you know, I think especially for like pastors and, and leaders of the church, you can tell when they're getting a little, because it becomes we, I, not the Lord did this or the Lord did this. You know, it's, you know, we did, I went in and I had these and, and I saved. But no, you didn't. You didn't mm. save anybody. You know, so you can kind <laughs> yeah. of tell. And I think that's where people need to understand. This is what, what why I like doing this show. I, I, I like to get across the point to people that, because when you talk to somebody about Jesus or you just like, they'll ask you something, you'll say, well, I love Jesus. And, you know, and then they go, oh, yeah, you know, I've done all that religion stuff. You know, I've tried that religion, you know, that kind of thing. Well, guess what? It's not about religion. I try to tell people this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not religion. You know, here's what you need to try. Try Jesus and knock and get rid of the religion. Hmm. and try Jesus, because you haven't done that. Right. You may have tried the religion, but you haven't tried the Jesus part. Hmm. So uh, forget the religion and try Jesus, and it'll be a whole different, better experience for hmm. you. That's, I know that God's used you in significant ways. What, what are some of the things you've done to stay grounded? Well, honestly, the two things we've already counted in this room really are, one, the people I surround myself with, my friends, and then my wife. One of the reasons why I knew my wife Tiffany was the right woman for me is she always held me to a higher standard, always. But she also loved me for who I was and was willing to allow God to work through the process. She's a great kisser, by the way. <laughs> oh, now, now let's uh, let, let's talk about that. Cut the mic. Cut the mic. <laughs> We're just having some fun with that. Well, right? no, she is. She actually is a really good kisser. But and uh, you know, it's funny though because yeah, she always held me to a higher standard. Not not criticism. She had every reason to criticize me, but she always wanted to make sure that I understood who I was, and all that came back to who I was in Christ. That's a huge asset. And like you, I get the uh, Battle Royale in Fortnite. I come out all proud, and she goes, you're a loser. Just go back in the room. And, you know, she's right. There's nothing special about what I did. And then those friends. It's easy. It's got to be so easy for you, Dan, in your world to find, yes, people who want to be around you for all the wrong reasons. Absolutely. But the best, the best, I had tons of that. Oh, the show is unbelievable. It's great. Right. I had one person and my wife and one other person that I could go to right. for an actual what did you think? Right. You know, somebody that could have cared less, worked for me, knew I would never be mad and let, but was always honest. You know what? You went long. You, you were a little off on. I could tell you weren't concentrating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. An actual. So it was my wife and one other person yeah. out of probably, you know, 12 people that I was with. And that's what you need. You need that one additional person. There's one guy in my life who I have always been able to count on. If I asked him for the truth, he would give it with love, with respect and care. When I wasn't looking for it, but I needed it, guess what? He said, hey. Do you want to hear something? So he approached me with love and care and respect. 
and he was able to set me straight. And when I pushed back, again, it was an issue of my heart. So having those those mirrors in your life to keep you aware of your blind spots, because we're all capable of having them. We're all prone to pursuing them. The question is, are we going to keep people in our corners who are going to allow us to see those, hear those, and make the adjustments along the way? You, you just can't go wrong with them. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Truth. To hear Brian's complete sermon message on today's topic, visit TalkinTruth.com. That's talk, letter N, truth.com. Get it done.